It is Wednesday, the 3rd of August. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. And Shane, have you ever thrown anything out and then sort of sat down one afternoon having a cup of tea and thought, that was quite valuable, like our old mate James has here in this story that you and I have been reading this morning? Well, the, the, the bit the guy's thrown his uh, hard drive away that's got about $200 million of Bitcoin on it. Yeah, no, nothing that valuable. My wife normally throws all my clothes out, Tim, when I'm not home. So she needs more room for her clothes in my wardrobe. So that's the only thing. I, I go searching for a shirt that I thought I had. And uh, yeah, it's been it's in the rubbish, mate, or, or down St. Vinny's bin. Yeah, this is quite an extraordinary story. <laughs> Almost 10 years ago, James Howells thrown away a hard drive during a clear out, forgetting about the Bitcoin. Now, the, this Bitcoin's oh. worth 184 million Australian dollars. Now he's planning to spend millions digging up a Newport landfill in a bid to find the lost hard drive. I'm with him there. I'm with him there. Well, it gives gives new sort of meaning to the. It's a modern day gold rush, isn't it? Really, when you start digging, it'll be more than him down that tip. I reckon going through that rubbish and uh, trying to find a couple hundred million dollars—a big number. Mm. That's a lot of money. All right, we've got a stack on the show today. Heath Davis, a New Zealand cricketer, the first ever black cap to come out and say that he is gay. Tiger Woods turns his back on Greg Norman, and there's a brouhaha between the New South Wales government and the NRL. If you're ready for your next thoroughbred racing adventure, then join the Osher Group. They exceed expectations on what racehorse ownership should look like. Australia's racing industry is enjoying unprecedented growth. Through a strategic, well-managed and data-driven approach, there is now a very real opportunity to build a profitable and sustainable thoroughbred portfolio. Find the Osher Group online at theoshergroup.com. So Heath Davis, Shane, he's 50, played five test matches and a number of one-day games for New Zealand through the 90s, and... uh, He's become the first ever New Zealand Test cricketer come out uh, to come out and say that he is uh, homosexual. Yeah, and look, and good on him um, for doing that. Although I read his art, I read the article um, where he was quoted, and he said, "Look, when he was playing New Zealand, most of the guys that he played with um, knew that he was gay anyway, and it was never a problem. Um, it was never a problem on the field, never a problem even rooming with guys. So he said his experience was." Um, was fine, um, but I think it's a good thing that he's coming out for other guys who are probably not experiencing such a pleasant experience. And uh, so it's it's a big thing for him to do it, and he, but he's doing it, I believe, for, for other young boys or girls coming through the sporting world. Good on him. You'd expect lots don't come forward. Um, now, mm. you played cricket at the highest level. I can't recall an Australian cricketer coming out. I know Ian Roberts in rugby league did, but um, uh, there have been very few and far between. Yeah, and you'd have to think that statistically, um, with the amount of cricket that I played and the amount of teams I played in, um, and I, w- I personally uh, had no one to come out and say they were gay, you'd have to say statistically there, there probably was. Um, so a lot of people obviously still, unfortunately, don't have the confidence or the support to do that. And uh, it's a big effort for this guy to come out. And mm. I think it's getting easier and easier for people to do it, but it's still it would be traumatic experience um, if you're experiencing that personally. Yeah, hopefully we're living in yep. a world where people are, are more willing to do it and uh, that uh, continues in that vein. What about this uh, run out? It's uh, divided the, the world. It's Australia A game. Yeah, it was uh, a guy playing in England, uh, Bryce Sheet, and um, it came down to the non-striker was sort of leaning on his bat. The ball 
what appeared to be dead, um, leaning on his bat, but he was just outside his crease. And as he was walking back to his mark, the bowler, Bryce, um, saw this opportunity and threw it at the stumps, and the umpire gave him out. So it's divided the world. It comes down to whether the umpire believes that the ball is settled or not. Um, I just think it was a good opportunity. He was out of his crease, and he took the opportunity to run him out. And So it's not Bryce Street's fault. It was the umpire's, I suppose, summary, or, or he determined that the ball wasn't dead. Therefore, gave him out. What about the money that's been mentioned uh, to Tiger Woods to go on the Rebel uh, Live Tour? Uh, Seven hundred to eight hundred million uh, US. That 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 sort of accounts for nearly over a billion Australian dollars. Look, Tiger could live another hundred lifetimes and never run out of money. But it's a it's a big thing to say no to. It's a big thing to say no to, and. Uh Look, he could do a lot of good with that, couldn't he? Um, particularly with young golfers and he could have his own academy and he could support a lot of young kids coming through. But obviously the history of the game and, and what he's achieved is, is very, very important to him. And um, he's choosing not to take the money but to stay with the PGA and and the history of, I suppose, golf. So that's his prerogative. I don't know if I'd be the, that strong, mate. A billion dollars is a big, big number. Yeah, if you had another 10 or 15 in the bank, you might, like, <laughs> like he has. He's, oh, maybe more. He's, 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 he was the first sporting billionaire, wasn't he, Tiger Woods? Mm. So he's got so much of it. Commonwealth Games, uh, the, the big result, of course, this morning was uh, Emma McKeon um, relegated to third uh, behind... Uh, Molly O'Callaghan and uh, Shana Jack, I think it was, in the 100 freestyle. So are we seeing a bit of a changing of the guard there? And uh, more talk in and around the whole Kyle Chalmers debacle and the whole Cody Simpson obsession, according to Kyle's dad. And he's come out and sprayed everyone, Kyle Chalmers' old man. Well, this is not going to help anything, is it, having your dad come out? And um, obviously they're they're all hurting. And the dad was quite emotional on a, a radio interview. Look, the Aussies currently sit at 31 gold, 20 silvers, 20 bronze, so 71 medals all round. So we're, you know, the medals are sort of coming thick and fast. But it's more this story around Cole Chalmers, once again, his dad sort of saying that if anyone was continually asked in the workplace the same question over and over again and be considered bullying or harassment, and I have to agree with him, um, how journalists tend to get away with this, but... Uh, and he's also calling out Joanna Griggs saying, she was saying that Cole Chalmers is the one that keeps mentioning it. Well, he's not. Um, it's the journalist that keep mentioning he's having to try and answer it or, or avoid the question. Um, yeah, I do feel for this guy, and, and I think just the way his dad's reacted, um, you want to keep an eye on his mental health here because I think he's really, really struggling. He's got three gold medals here. He's he's performing well in the pool, but his experience to me seems pretty horrible. And, um, yeah, it's going to take a lot for him to get over this. Yeah, and it's, it's quite natural for a parent to react. You're a father, yep, I'm a father. Sure you, want, you want to stick up for them. But it's a, it's a murky old world when you start putting out statements and having a crack yeah. at people. But look, to be honest with you, most of the, the talk I've seen from Kyle Chalmers has been more about his mental health state, not so much mm. about the actual issue itself. Um, but uh, anyway, my thoughts are, and I know yours are with him, I hope that he, he can sort of get it uh, get it back on track because he's a certainly a, an amazing athlete. Stay with us. We have the AFL, the NRL and plenty more. Eddie Betts, talented, talented sportsman, Um, extraordinary sportsman. I don't think I've seen too many people do what he has been able to do in uh, AFL. Now, he's come out and revealed 
some, you'd have to call them explosive new details about that whole Adelaide Crows training camp, which got very big news, wasn't it, there for a while. When we saw, um, you know, players and staff mm. leave the club because of it. Yeah, it sounded horrible. And uh, reading uh, excerpts from his book, it didn't look good at all. It's sort of a, a military camp meets a sporting camp. And uh, look, just on the whole Cole Chalmers thing, we, we live in a very sensitive world these days. And, um, mm. and and the younger generation coming through are quite sensitive to a lot of things. They're exposed to a lot more than, say, our generation, Tim. And But this camp went way beyond that. Um, Eddie Betts saying that the black fellas within the group were singled out. He said they were yelling abuse about his mum, trying to make it personal. And it's sort of these military um, you know, SAS-style tactics where they try and break you down and then try and get the best out of you. That's great if you're going into war, but this, this, this is sport. And I can see what the coaches were trying to do here, but they've way overstepped the mark. And uh, to, to abuse someone's mum, he said he left the club after this. Um, they kept playing the because they lost the final against Richmond prior to this. They kept playing the Richmond team song in the background over and over again. It's almost like Ooh. mental torture. It sounded like a horrible experience. And I know we sort of had a similar one with Cricket Australia many years ago, and and where they they took all our yeah, personals office. Uh, Warney wasn't allowed to smoke, although he snuck stuck stuck mm. a few smokes in. Um, those sort of things work for a few guys, but not not for many. How long do you reckon you and I'd last on an SAS show yeah. before telling him to oh, oh. about four minutes, mate? I'd get off that. I'd get off the bus or wherever they dropped you there, and I'd get back on another <laughs> one, mate. Oh, that's not for me. And uh, someone yelling and yeah, screaming. go away, mate. <laughs> All right, now there's a bit of a brouhaha around the whole grand final, um, the NRL grand final. Now, this gets back to uh, a New South Wales government and NRL thing, and there's talk of uh, even legal action from the NRL towards the New South Wales government over, uh, you know, Dominic Perrottet pausing on uh, the refurbishment of a few suburban grounds. Well, there's this. Look, I don't know how much support people, the NRL, are going to get on this because they're they're saying that they'll take the grand final to Brisbane. But we've just seen unprecedented natural disasters, haven't we? So, look, you you can't just pull money out of nowhere. No, and and it's a government promise, right? They they break them every 10 minutes. So there's going to be no legal action. And it was from the former government, the Berejiklian government, that made these commitments. And um, Peter Volandis is is an expert at playing stuff out in the media. Um, He's going for an $800 million shortfall where he's saying Brookvale Oval had a $100 million upgrade, Leichhardt 50, Shark Park another 100. Penrith has always already been approved. They've got a $300 million upgrade out there. But it ain't going to happen, and, and you're dead right, Timmy. There's, there's people struggling in the country towns that love their NRL that have been decimated by floods, and you're worrying about upgrading a bloody football park in, in a city. Yeah, I, I agree. It's just a bit silly. And I tell you what, he's going to lose a lot of football supporters um, if they take away another grand final from Sydney. I really do hope that the grand final stays in Sydney at ACOR mm. at uh, Olympic Park. Uh, Sydney is the home of the Rugby League grand final. Had to go to Brisbane last year for for obvious reasons, mm. like the like the grand final uh, in the AFL had to go to Perth, but the MCG is the home of, of grand finals. I'll never take it away again, and I hope that the grand final stays in Sydney, and that's nothing against Queensland, but that's where it lives. Yeah, I totally agree, mate. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of people that have missed a lot of good footy, and um, particularly if your team makes it to the grand final this year, which a number of Sydney teams could, uh, they want to be watching at their home. Alrighty, now uh, what about this? The Adelaide 36ers. We've watched the the rise and rise of Josh Giddy. He uh, he's going to come up against his old club side. What a great experience for Josh Giddy. It just seems that the the world and um, everything's falling in line for this, for this young kid who's having had an exceptional start to his NBA career. 
he continues to play on in the off season and, and doing well again. Um, he's going to be a superstar. But yeah, a nice thing to go from the Adelaide Sixers to to take on Oklahoma City Thunder in the US. Um, and it's great for uh, basketball in Australia as well to have this exposure, and it really aligns us with these clubs. And for, particularly for young kids coming through, there's a genuine pathway now to the NBA when these sort of things happen. So, yeah, very exciting for not only for uh, young basketballs in Australia, but for, for Josh Giddy to to experience that's going to be fantastic. And a bit of F1 news, Fernando Alonso signed a multi-year deal with Aston Martin. He has to replace Sebastian Vettel. And, uh, yeah, it's a multi-million dollar deal over multiple years. It's big, big money. Oh, massive. It's like you look at the money, you even look at the money that Daniel Ricciardo's earned, and we know that mm. he's going to go into like a, a TV movie career. But um, And don't get me wrong about the suburban grounds. I know that the, there's so many local people that really want to see them better, and hopefully at one point that happens. But, uh, yeah, there's only so much money in the pool. All right, now um, what about watching your first... Uh, uh, ever AFL game at Football Park in Adelaide. Yeah, we're well, talking about suburban grounds. This was uh, a fantastic experience. I was it was 1994, and I I grew up on rugby league as you did, Timmy. So it was the Illawarra mm. Steelers, which was my team that I'd watch in Wollongong. So I'd never been to an AFL game, and I was at the Creed Academy in Adelaide, and I got to go along with two Victorians, Brad Hodge, and a guy called Simon Cook, who eventually came to New South Wales. Um, and to watch my first game, it was uh, Geelong versus the Crows. It was a year Tony Modra kicked 100 goals and then Gary Ablett Senior was playing. I sat behind the posts and I've always kept this in my mind. When I take my kids to a sporting event, it's got to be for the first time, it's got to be a cracker. This didn't get any better. Uh, Tony, Gary Ablett Senior, who kicked six goals on the day, was just so strong and, and uh, unbelievable. Modra kicked five. It was the most wonderful experience for me personally and the reason I love AFL today. Yeah, um, you're talking about some legends there. Yeah, absolute legends, mate. And um, yeah, I was hooked from that from that point. So I keep that in mind when I take my kids to sporting events. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors. Yeah, if you're in the market for a racehorse, Timmy, go check out the Osher Group, the fantastic bunch of guys, and they'll point you in the right direction. Oh, you can almost smell spring racing in the air. And, of (laughs) course, a big thank you to our wonderful producer, Dan McHugh. We're back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. Building Resilience Podcast. They play in different arenas, but sports and business have massive similarities. Elite athletes and top business leaders flourish through the physical and psychological demands their high-stress careers place on them. The Building Resilience Podcast explores the world of sport and deconstructs the tools and ethos of world-class athletes that can help us create growth and optimize business and life. Come find the Building Resilience Podcast on your favorite podcast app.